realizing is that finding your voice isn't a like one day endeavor or it's not it's not like a switch there's no like on off button it's not like you don't know how to use your voice and then one day you're like yes i found it (laughs) it's definitely i think going to be a lifelong journey of discovering parts of you that you might have shied away from you know showing to others Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of the Tea Please podcast where we spill the tea on life, important conversations, wellness, anything in that realm, anything that can help us do a little bit better, anything that can help us be a little bit better and take care of ourselves a little bit better. So we are going to continue that conversation this week with our guest, Fair Pasutisaran. She is the co-founder of Terra, which is a company passionate about self-care and mental health. And they create programs that help their community discover their true selves through writing, which we love. We love that self-exploration, going inward, and really processing some of that stuff so we can show up better and brighter in the world. And that's exactly what they do. So I was really excited to sit down with Fair and just have a really genuine conversation about finding your voice and what it means to find your voice and how you can find it and how you can find it through writing. So this is perfect for someone who maybe has tried out journaling and it hasn't stuck and you feel like that would be a beneficial practice for you to have in your morning routine or just self-care routine in general. Fair has some awesome tips on how to actually implement a journaling process that feels good for you and also helps you process stuff um, and even in some ways that you might not think are obvious. This episode is also for someone who wants to find their voice or wants to use their voice in a bigger way. That's something that really resonates with me as a podcaster. I am using my voice in a different way than I have ever used it in the past. So finding what that authentic voice is and how I can use it. I love talking to Fair and going into all of that. So yeah, I think you're going to like it. This week, this last like two weeks have been so, so crazy. I feel like I am still not used to the seasons changing. It feels way more intense this year than it did last year. I feel just like totally messed up with the time change and I'm staying up later even though the sun is out later. I don't know. It's weird. My clock is like all messed up. So if you're feeling that, let me know. And yeah, let's just get right into the episode. You know the drill to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening or if you're not. Go ahead and go over there and leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it really helps grow the podcast, which is what we're trying to do. And that just reminds me, that's what I wanted to tell you. I was sitting here trying to think and I was just kind of rambling on. That's what I wanted to tell you is that We finally hit 1,000 downloads of the Tea Please podcast, and I'm so proud of that because I started this in January, and I really had no idea what was going to come of it after I launched, if people were going to resonate with what I was saying, if my message would be clear. I still question if my message is clear with what I'm doing across platforms on Instagram and the podcast, but a thousand downloads is so incredible. I'm just so excited and thankful. I'm working on a cute little video to celebrate that milestone, but not only do reviews help get noticed by the platform, but they really help people know what you think about listening to the podcast and it gives them a reason to listen to. So um, yeah, go do that. And thank you so much for a thousand downloads and come find me on Instagram. And I should have that video done this week. We'll see. It's kind of like labor intensive. I've never done it before, but we'll see. So come find me at the Tea Please podcast on Instagram, and that will be coming soon. Thank you so much. Here's here. Can you tell us a little bit about where your passion is with Terra and how you got started with it with um, 
the writing and journaling? Like, is that something that came naturally to you? How did it all start? Yeah, so I am currently working in digital health, actually, and healthcare data. So I've always been interested and passionate about how to make healthcare more accessible. And with Mindterra, we are trying to equip people with the tools to care for their mental well-being. And one of such ways is expressive writing. And so I've stumbled upon this concept kind of during the pandemic. But before that, I have struggled with finding my voice a lot. I think when I was younger, I was such a chatterbox. Um, in first grade, I remember I would talk to all my peers, laugh and joke around, and I liked telling people what to do. And of course, you know, that wasn't met with the good reception. I think it was around like middle school. I always got like comments from teachers and especially boys telling me I was too bossy and too loud. And I feel like a lot of, you know, women can relate to that. And I think you start to internalize it unknowingly. And so I think there's that disconnect between that my inner child you know our inner child is always loud and trying to have as much fun as we can and until someone starts telling us to stay quiet I think that's when in high school and college I would not ask any questions I'm like the person in the back of the classroom and trying to just be in the background and not get into trouble same and it was after graduation when I felt really low in my mental health Um, I think leaving college is no easy thing at all. And no one ever tells you that. I feel like people expect you after graduation, you just become an adult like that. Like, (laughs) you know what you're supposed to do. Or I feel like they kind of tell you, like the message that I got my senior year of college or just in college in general was like, these are the best years of your life. Like, enjoy it. This is it. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Like, this is going to be the best time of my life and you know looking back I can see Mm. why people said that and to a degree like I also agree because of what that time Mm -hmm. can give you and specifically with friends like speaking to your point like after college that's what was hard for me because I lost my Mm. group of friends that I just did life with like like so Mm. closely for the last four years so yeah I can relate to finding your voice like in that when Mm -hmm. it's kind of jumbled together with for me it was with my friend group for sure like I think the transition right where you're with someone a group of people like almost 24 7 and then suddenly you're not everyone's Mm -hmm. also in different cities different time zones and it's like what do we what do we do now how do we hang out how do we talk to each other anymore yeah and I think that support group is so important for your mental health yeah after like for you it sounds like it was after college also that you kind of noticed maybe that like what did that look like when you were you recognized that maybe you weren't using your voice as much as you were like called to do or felt like you could do when did you actually like start thinking about that a little bit more Mm, that's such a great question it was during my gap year for sure that I think I so I after graduating from college I took a gap year before going into my master's and I think during that time I was unemployed I was living with my parents I was having this like reverse culture shock kind of adapting back to you know living with your parents again yeah <laughs> and then also like it was an end of a relationship and at that point I just felt like wow this is so I had so many anxious thoughts and just I felt a lot of anxiety and so I started up picking up journaling because I just felt like it was hard to even go speak to anyone. Therapy is difficult to get. 
um, very stigmatized also. So I started just kind of processing my thoughts. Um, and it was a very private practice. I would just write for myself almost every day. And I would occasionally post some pieces on Medium or on my blog under a pen name. I didn't even want to put my mm -hmm. real name on there because I, I didn't want to share my writing. Yeah. But then I think one day I started posting just like bits and bobs of it on Instagram. And then my friend was like, wow, this is really good. Why don't you share this with people? And then that's when I realized like, wow, okay, people actually care about what I write, about my voice. And then so slowly I think I was you know, like kind of tiptoeing and, and showing a little bit more to my friends and my peers, like what I was experiencing, letting them know my thoughts and my opinions. And I think being vulnerable, especially on social media where people are just showing off their best lives, it opens up and people connect with you on that. Yeah, it's interesting that you use like a pen name. I would totally do the same thing. <laughs> like I remember... Um, like having social media at the start yeah. and having like like having it not be you and that can be a way to still like share without like being super vulnerable and like attaching you know those words to you when did that change for you because or do you still use that pen name <laughs> I don't anymore <laughs> um I think it was like this shield for me it was like a, a magic cloak right it keeps you safe because I think when you, whenever you post something or share something, um, I think it opens you up for like judgment and questions. Yeah. And I think it's definitely that fear of judgment um, that you know got to me. I think I don't think it's there's ever a clear kind of like oh today I'm going to feel brave. I think it was a continuous yeah. journey of making small steps and saying. All right, I'm going to share a little bit today. I'm going to share a little bit more today. And then I think the hardest is always like sharing your first blog post. Or I mean, I don't know, Sarah, you must have felt the same way kind of sharing this podcast, right? If you felt the same way kind of sharing those things, it's like yeah. one day you just realize, hey, I have to do this. I think it was like some, you know, there's like inner calling to you to say like, okay, it's time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm still feeling that and figuring out like how to do that and mm. Everyone has their own process with it, you know, like I don't I think that it's been easier for me to say this is just where I'm at right now. <laughs> and it's meant just like showing up weird and saying things weird and then mm -hmm. me recognizing like, oh, like I actually don't like that or like that's not going to work for me because you kind of copy what other people are doing or you pick up on different mm. strategies or like well their audience like really likes this type of sharing mm. so I found myself doing that and then feeling like no I don't want to do that anymore or and that's fine so being able to say that and then be like well I had to do that to figure out like if that was going to work for me so yeah I think the processing is different because I have an audio format instead of um, like going to writing but it seems really similar in the way that finding my voice and feeling weird in that. So I think having some type of like journaling and writing practice would be helpful for me. Mm -hmm. um, I used to journal all the time. I used to like really feel like I needed it. I just had a lot of feelings and a lot of problems. <laughs> so I was just always writing like pages and pages of stuff just to, to process it. But it was really unguided um so i'm curious what your thoughts on or if you can expand on what expressive writing is because i saw a little bit about it on your instagram and on your website mm. and that expressive writing is like a, it's a thing so what what is that and why would that 
be maybe more beneficial than other types of journaling? Is there prompts in it? Is it a free for all? Like, I guess we'll start there. What is it? Yes. Great, great question because it's such a, it's a well, really well-established paradigm. Um, but I think people are still like, what is it? So expressive writing is a technique where people just write about an emotional experience, um, something that is stressful or it was a previous trauma for about 15 to 20 minutes or a day for three to four days in a mm-hmm. row. And it sounds very simple, but there are many studies that have shown that it improves um, people's physical health and also mental health. Um, this paradigm was established almost, I think, 30 years ago by James Pennebaker. And it's very interesting because I think, you know, it sounds very broad and open. Um, but at the heart of it, I think it's the science of disclosing. I think a lot of us hold, I wouldn't say secrets, but we inhibit ourselves from talking about certain emotions, certain feelings, or certain experiences. And by writing them down on paper, we get to like come to terms with our issues and we stop ruminating about our fears and about our problems. And when you see it down on paper, I think it gives you more context, right? And you see it fit nicely on a page or a few pages, like you yeah. said, before you did. Uh-huh. Then you realize like, okay, I don't have to keep constantly thinking about it. Um, so there's been a lot of studies and research that has shown that it has reduced stress and anxiety by using expressive writing. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, even with just to-do lists and writing down. Because I, I don't necessarily do like the cyclical repetitive thoughts around emotional experiences, but it just trickles mm-hmm. into other things. Or like I just constantly think about what I have to do that day. And then I don't write it down. (laughs) And I'm like, if I did write it down, then I wouldn't have to like make sure that I had everything in line at every like step of my day because I'm not like following something on paper. So that same concept applied to processing like maybe some internal issues or more stuff on the emotional side makes a lot of sense to me. And I think there's a component of mindfulness as well when you write because you have to really be present to write down your thoughts and your emotions um i think it's hard i don't think you usually write and multitask that would be really difficult if you can do that i'm like hands down (laughs) that's great for you (laughs) but i think because the process of writing really gets you present um to not only the issue but the act itself i think it calms you down in that way as well and i think it gives you brings you a step closer to talking about that traumatic or stressful experience as well because I think when you you know are confident and are aware of what have what has happened you're a little bit more likely to open up about talking about it with your friends or family and that process also helps with healing as well yeah kind of like you're processing it by yourself a little bit which can make you feel more comfortable to bring it up and talk to other people about the same kind of thing. What do you think about tablets or if you were typing this same exercise out versus writing? I personally like using pen and paper just because, you know, you going on your tablet or your laptop just opens this window to going on the internet. <laughs> so unless you're super, salt, you know, you're super mm-hmm. disciplined. <laughs> I mean, I think ultimately whatever works for you. Sometimes I think you have a lot of thoughts and you want to type it down because it's a lot faster. That works too. Just as long as I think you're very present. I think that's the key thing in this expressive writing practice. 
yeah, I guess that's just a, a personal question to reflect on before you would start something like, can I be mindful if I'm typing or do I find myself on autopilot just typing versus writing? Because that I can do. And the mindfulness aspect, I think, is mm-hmm. makes it like another challenge for this day and age with the writing practice because I definitely feel mm-hmm. like I have less patience for writing than I used to. Yes, I resonate with that so much. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, why can't I write faster? (laughs) Because I just, yeah. So something like a little trick that I have recently found helps me a little bit, which is also really fun. I bought this Mm -hmm. pack of gel pens. It's like a really big pack of gel pens. And if you've Uh ever written with gel pens before, you have to write slow. If you write fast enough, the the gel skips and it doesn't, it's not like a fluid line. So, and they're like fun colors. Some of them are sparkly. Mm -hmm. So that's helped me with writing just because the literal pen forces me to write slower. And I also like the colors. I love that so much. Yes. And I mean, making it fun is so underrated, but I love when, you know, you're journaling, it's your practice and you can bring colors and washi tapes and highlighters. Yeah. It's just so much yeah. fun. Yeah. I'm, I wish I envy yeah. the, the people that have like the most beautiful planners and they have all these. I'm not that person, but I do appreciate <laughs> the colors in like the different, yeah. the different gel pens that I have. We, we talked a little bit about the finding your voice aspect, and I'm curious just a little bit more on your side of things, like how that has played out for you and how like you feel like that's really benefited you by having a writing practice and where kind of where you are now with things and, and what you would tell someone who's also feeling like maybe they have something to say but don't know how to say it or feeling pressure in any type of way. For me, I think what I come to terms with or what I'm realizing is that finding your voice isn't a like one day endeavor or it's not it's not like a switch there's no like on off button it's not like you don't know how to use your voice and then one day you're like yes I found it yeah (laughs) yeah it's definitely I think going to be a lifelong journey of discovering parts of you that you might have shied away from you know showing to others it's there are always, I think, going to be certain things that you might be really scared of speaking out. So for me, I think right now, what how it has really served me is that I have this really self, this new level of self-awareness that makes me more confident in speaking. And I hold close to my values. I know where my values are, my passion. And that just keeps me so grounded. And I think each day I have an intention. And I know that I want to help improve lives through mental well-being and help make healthcare more accessible. So those things, I think, comes with the confidence in your voice. And I would say start with the belief that your voice matters. Just know that and truly believe that because your voice does matter. And I like to think of kind of the ripple effect, right? You throw in a pebble into the lake and a small pebble can cause these expanding ripples beyond the size of itself. And it's the same thing with your voice. When you start saying something, that's something that you believe in, it's going to cause and play into a movement. And you might not know that at that exact moment. And you might not ever know at all how your words will affect others' lives, but I have absolute faith that it will. So small causes have large effects 
and your voice really matters. And so say what you believe in and say what you think. And I would challenge or add on to that even. Just sit with it. Like if that doesn't click for you right now, that doesn't mean that it's not going to click for you later. But I think if you're like hearing that, because that's just speaking from how I have received that in the past, I was just like, well, I don't really know what that means for me right now. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, continuing to work with that thought and, you know, journaling about it, (laughs) write down like what that brings up Mm. for you even if if that isn't something that you're like, heck yes, my voice matters and I can do something with it. (laughs) For sure. And thank you for sharing that. I think it's it's so brave for you to share that it's a process because I think a lot Mm. of times people just say it like it's an easy thing. And I I love that you say you wrestle with that because yeah, that may be that I didn't kind of elaborate on that, but it is something you wrestle with a lot of the times. And I don't think it's ever going to come easy (laughs) like that. Yeah. I mean, for some people, I do think it does. And they're just, you Mm. know, born to be speakers and, you know, they know that that's their, (laughs) their gift and they want to share it. But even if you're not like a really talented speaker or something like that, like that doesn't mean that you don't have something important to say within Mm -hmm. your world of people. It doesn't mean that it has to be you know, broadcasted online or, or, you know, like on a huge platform or anything like that, but absolutely still just as valuable. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think starting small is so important. Like start sharing bits and pieces of yourself. And if you're not comfortable posting on social media, you can talk to your family or your partner, close friends, coworkers, acquaintances. Yeah. I think it just starts, start small. I think. Yeah. With whatever you're comfortable with. You mentioned um, intentions and setting intentions, and I know that's like a popular writing prompt that we hear a lot in the self-help personal development space of, you know, write your intentions down. So the the two that I hear all the time are intentions and gratitudes, right? Like So true. Not going to argue that those are not valuable. What are your thoughts on only doing that in a journaling practice versus expressive writing, where it's obviously a different technique or a different strategy to processing maybe what do those two different styles do for you when you do them yeah I think it's a delicate balance because I think expressive writing is a technique that really I think helps you with your emotional awareness and helps you free up that space right because I think in order for you to be able to set intention and really follow through with that, you need to also have a clear space. You have to be in a good place. Um, and so I think with expressive writing, it's kind of complementary even. You do expressive writing to make sure that you're in a good mental state. And with intentions, you set them so then you can align your mission, your vision, and whatever you set out to do. Um, I think intention is so important to do kind of as a daily practice because it's so easy to just get with the flow of the day. And I think you mentioned like just being on autopilot Mm -hmm. is so easy. So I think intention is important because you can easy, just easily get dragged into the waves. Um, But by doing that, I think it gives you an anchor to hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. And I like having that routine and going through like just setting up your day in that way. I like both sides of it. I I can see how they're definitely framing things differently, like mentally for you, like kind of attacking different like parts of the mind in that way Mm -hmm. of looking for looking for the things you're thankful for versus the things that you lack for sure. and making sure that you know how you want to show up in a day with intention setting. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like you have that guide of your actions throughout the day. And then expressive writing 
is kind of a step deeper and going into more of like the internal thoughts that you have throughout the day and help you process those and maybe reframe a lot of those too. Cool. Mm -hmm. So aside from expressive writing, is there any other like frameworks like that, that you know of? Yeah. Frameworks kind of similar to expressive writing. Yeah, I think there are actually different types of expressive writing. So there's um, the one that I mentioned is kind of cognitive processing where you're trying to derive more understanding and insight about yourself. There's also exposure. You want to promote your emotional adaptation, Mm. how you adapt to certain events. There's benefit finding. So finding positives of the event. And I think that ties into what you said about gratitude and intentions that one is definitely about identifying those um you know gratitude and cultivating that attitude of gratitude um and then i think another type is um the best possible future self so you think about your life in the future um visualize that when you write like what what does your journal practice look like are you doing this type of expressive writing every day like what what's your routine what do you do Yeah, I alternate. So I have um, uh, weeks where I would do expressive writing. So I alternate the, with expressive writing and I alternate with more intention setting and kind of visualizing kind of my best possible future self. So having a um, alternate schedule for those. I usually have a structure for my journaling practice. So I start off by reflecting on the day before what went well what can be better what am I grateful for and then I write about my vision and vision is when I what I set out to do so in five years or ten years whatever that comes to me that day um, I'll write it in present tense as well because it gives me a little bit of like this role playing um, makes it a little bit more real and then I also set my intention Um, usually these are like, I am statements. I would say things that I am not feeling like, for example, if I wake up and I feel so tired, I would say I'm energetic. I am productive Mm -hmm. just to counter that feeling because I think you become what you write, you become what you say. So start with those things. And then I also write, um, three small steps that I can what do the steps look like I struggle with breaking that down in like the day-to-day because the vision is so large and I think that it can be challenging to break down individual steps because if my vision Mm -hmm. is like build a business it's really hard for me to break down three steps in one day that's really gonna move the needle Mm -hmm. for me in that way some days it's obvious and some days it's really hard to to know like Obviously, I want to get Mm -hmm. there. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on how to break that down when the vision is probably a lot larger and maybe more out of reach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, and I totally hear you on that. That's something that I also am experimenting with because, like you said, vision is so big, like building a business. When... I frame my three small steps. I write down the three smallest steps because I want to take just whatever that it's, I make it so easy and so small 
that I cannot not do it. And this is a tip that I got from my co-founder, actually, that, you know, if you write big plans, like figure out a business model, write out a financial statement, come up with a pitch, it's so difficult. But if we come up with steps that are so small, it's so much easier for us to take action. So if you want to build a business, then today... Email one potential partner. I think that's much easier than like building a business model or it can be post on Mm -hmm. my Instagram about my future business. Something that's so small, but it still contributes, you know? So I think that it just propels you into action. I think that's the goal of having those three small steps. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And from there, like you get momentum is something that I've learned. Even if you, because the vision obviously is bigger. So it's going to take a while to get there, hopefully. (laughs) You know, if it doesn't take a lot to get to whatever your vision is, then maybe build a bigger vision, (laughs) do some, you know, dreaming a little bit. But (laughs) that is so true. Yeah. And then having the momentum and not getting discouraged by like three small steps or thinking, oh, that one email outreach Mm -hmm. isn't going to get me to where I want to be with my business. Like I need to be doing more or I do need to build out that business model in a day. Um, Like yes and no like yes building a business model could definitely help you but that doesn't mean that you have to do it that way and you know if you send an email a day that's seven emails a week more than you were doing before and you'll feel it so if you put something out there I think that's a big lesson that I've learned is that you will feel what that feels like to actually take action and see how some of those small things give you that return on your bigger vision and that will motivate mm-hmm. you more. So it's not going to be like such so a fight true. from the beginning the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I absolutely feel you on that one because I think I've done like kind of putting big goals. It's like, I don't know, I'm imagining you. It's like start a podcast. I'm like, I can't do that in yeah. one day. <laughs> so it can get overwhelming no. for sure. I really like I like the the idea of, of the three small steps and like writing down how you can actually accomplish the goals that you are set out to do. What tips do you have for someone who thinks that maybe starting a writing practice would help them or maybe they're trying and they're not very structured or they're having a hard time sticking with it? Like what are your go-to tips to starting and making sure that this is a practice? That's such a great question because that's something I've been playing around with this past few years. I first would say to make it a habit and a practice, incorporate it with your rituals. Um, So what I mean by that is if you have a morning ritual, like you like to have a cup of coffee every morning, well, journal with your cup of coffee. Um, If you're a night owl, before you go to bed, before you brush your teeth, just put your journal right next to your toothbrush. And having that kind of physical cue also helps, just placing your journal where you are at a lot. So for me, I always put it on my kitchen countertop because I like to eat breakfast and I know I'll sit in that position. Another thing is also don't think that there's a right way to journal because I think that practice, what I really like about it is that it's different for everyone and you will have to figure out your own kind of structure and practice that works. So there's no right way. I think the most important thing is to just start. And I know we always get discouraged if we don't do it right or if we don't spend like 20 minutes writing. But I think start with 
just journaling however much time you have, whether that's five minutes, 10 minutes, and even if it's just writing a sentence, like don't disregard that. Like a sentence is more valuable than a blank page, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of going back to the small steps, um, I think starting to, you know, writing something is better than writing nothing at all. It's infinitely better actually. So, you know, just start. Do you have a favorite journal? Do you have a favorite like brand of journal or do you have anything that you really like, like with the things that you have or it's stuff that you buy over and over again? Just curious if you have like a favorite. I absolutely love moleskin, moleskin journals. Okay. <laughs> That's my go-to yep. for sure. Yeah. Um, I also love Muji pens. Okay. I love them. I've never heard of so that kind of pen. I highly recommend. What's special about the pen? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a brand. It's called Muji, M-U-J-I. It's a Japanese stationery okay. brand. Um, but I don't know. I just like love it just those. just writes <laughs> the right way. It just writes the right It's like the right grip and everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's important. I appreciate the recommendation. I know moleskin, but I am picky with my pens, obviously. That's why I switched to gel pens because I just, yeah, I I don't like the way that all pens write. So I'll have to check that out. Yes, I get you. And I think like, even though sometimes it sounds like, oh, you know, whatever pens, I think like make it fun, you know, explore with stationery and get gel pens, like you said, get colored pens and do some journal shopping. It can be yeah. really fun too. And on the flip side, because you don't have to do that either. Like if you just want a black pen and mm-hmm. some line paper, then that's fine. Like you don't need to have like a fancy, because so I would get frustrated buying uh, like daily planners or monthly planners and stuff and then going to all their websites yeah. and they're just beautiful <laughs> and I'm like you these are artists like these are not real people because yeah. I just don't have those skills but yeah it can be as simple or as like fun and extravagant as you would want it to be it's your journal mm-hmm. going back a little bit to prompts are there any prompts that you specifically like will return mm. to and kind of like go through them are there any prompts that you find really helpful that you would you know, repeat in your journal? Or is it just more of like Mm. the expressive writing where you're kind of more unprompted is the way that I see that? Yeah, I have um, kind of a set of prompts for sure that I will go back to. Um, One that is coming up to mind is what brings me joy. I think that's something that I always return to because I think kind of joy is not a really... I think people don't really talk about that. We talk about gratitude a lot. You know, we talk about success a lot, but joy, you know, just finding the small things. Another one would be personifying an emotion that I'm feeling that's a really fun and not, (laughs) maybe not fun, but creative one. What I really like about personification of an emotion is that you get Mm. to be a little bit more playful with the ugly emotions per se. Like, for example, anxiety. I used to do this writing prompt and I would come up with like a character almost. If you imagine like inside out, if you've seen it, I would, you know, imagine what anxiety looks like. What does anxiety dress up as? And that gives me this new sense of empathy towards an emotion. And it doesn't make me feel as frustrated when I'm feeling a certain way because I feel like it's a neg- like positive feedback cycle where mm-hmm. I feel stress and then I feel stress about my stress. So giving empathy to that st- source of stress um, really helps. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it also separates you from 
that feeling, which is something I've heard a lot about Mm -hmm. also, instead of like, I am anxious, I am feeling anxious. Mm -hmm. So if you're creating this character about this emotion that you're feeling also, like your brain, you've said a few things that, that go along the same lines with tricking your brain like you're, you'd have to trick your brain a little bit. So that does that in like yeah. anxiety is not you. Like anxiety is this character or it can mm. be this character that you mm-hmm. have made up or, you know, given some personal characteristics to. And this, something that you said earlier that goes along the same lines is that you are those things. So if you're feeling tired and you say, I am awake or I am energetic, like that signals your brain that 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 you are actually those things instead of feeling tired or or anxious. Not that I feel like you can totally trick your brain out <laughs> of being anxious, but you can start to reframe some of those things and give your brain some of those signals to just think a little bit differently. Yeah, that like reminds me of, you know, like the Superman pose or the Superwoman pose. Yeah. Where you can just stand there for 30 seconds and already feel more confident just by kind of that body language. So I feel like the same thing applies to your thoughts as well. Yeah, totally. I like, I do that trick often. (laughs) Right. It's so helpful. I do that before my interviews and I'm like, yep, just standing there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. um, My old company was really big on that. And there's a few other ones Mm -hmm. that are along the same lines that if you put your hands up, yeah, it's like, like mountain pose in yoga Mountain Pose can do the same oh, okay. thing, which, yeah. yeah, I mean, Superman is down, but you can do the same thing there. And you can also get the same effect if you're sitting at a desk and you put your feet up on your desk. Oh, I did not know that. I think that that one's more culturally, though, because that's how you imagine, like, successful people with their hands crossed and their feet up on the desk. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it comes from that yeah. signal. But, yeah, apparently it can do the same mm-hmm. thing. So what is something you do that makes you feel like your best self? Something that I do that makes me feel like my best self. For me, it's smiling. Um, That's such a good one. I feel like it goes back to like that, you know, tricking yourself. But even if you're down or sad, just smiling, I feel a lot better. And I feel like it just represents my values. Like I want to be kind. I want to be compassionate. Mm -hmm. So smiling does all. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good one. The next one is, what is something you do to find inspiration when you're feeling uninspired? Podcasts. I love that one. (laughs) And I always love listening to other people's stories and hearing the different voices out there always get me inspired because I think it goes back to everyone's voice matters. So it's always um, an inspiration to hear from different people and hear their different stories. Yeah, I really love that, especially if you are struggling with finding your voice or wondering if it matters, especially now because there are so many different types of podcasts and different ways to hear different people. You know, it's not like everyone's a celebrity and that's the news that we have. That was 10 years ago. Like, it's kind of different in that way. So, yeah, I love that and being able to hear different perspectives and find people that are relatable to you or that you do connect with on some level. Yes. That's really helped me too. Mm -hmm. What is one piece of advice you would give that if we all followed, we'd all be better off? I would say be kind to yourself. I think for us, we are often able to extend empathy and compassion for other people a little bit more naturally or more easily. Like you would go to, if a friend comes to you with their heart broken, it's not too hard for you to, you know, um, console them. But when we face like 
difficult times, I think we're, it's so easy for us to beat mm-hmm. ourselves up. Like, I wasn't productive today. I didn't do my best today. And why am I so unproductive? Why am I so lazy? And all those negative self-talk. And I think those things you wouldn't say to a friend, mm-hmm. you know, or you wouldn't say to a loved one. So treat yourself kindly. Be kind to yourself and notice that whenever those negative self-talk comes up, you know, realize too that you too need that compassion and empathy and love that you give to others. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe write it down. Write your advice like you were giving it to a friend and then you take it for yourself. <laughs> that could be a journal prompt. Yes. I love that prompt. <laughs> I'll definitely journal on yeah, that tomorrow. Awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, to end, can you tell us a little bit about how to get involved with MindTerra? It seems like you have a few different options. So yeah, just love to hear how people can connect with what you're doing. Yeah, so MindTerra is a global platform and community, and you can find our events and programs. We have several right now, which is listed up all on our website. Um, currently, we have a donation-based one called Writing Verandas, where we come every week to journal together and share our experiences and our words. Um, and you can go follow us on Instagram at MindTerra or check out our website, MindTerra.co. That's it for this week's episode, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Again, leave those reviews, rate, share, subscribe, share it with a friend. Just share, share, share. Help this thing grow. If you have any feedback for me, don't leave it in a review, but please find me on Instagram at the Team Please Podcast and send me a DM. I'd love to know if there's a topic that you're interested in that you'd like to hear on the podcast or yeah, any any feedback you have really, but make it nice because I'm sensitive and that's it. I'll see you in the next episode.